Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. And what a great day for us to spend time in the Word of God. So thank you everybody for joining me. And today's Bible study is going to be on the authority of Jesus Christ. And as believers, we work in the authority that Christ has given us. We're going to read a little bit in the Bible about how authority changes hands. So let's go to Numbers Chapter 22, verses 18 to begin. And the Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Present him to Eliezer, the priest, before the whole community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. And in verse 20 here, it says, Transfer some of your authority to him, so the whole community of Israel will obey him so here Moses transfers authority to Joshua so here we learn that authority is something that can be transferred from person to person Moses was put in authority over the children of Israel that's where our first covenant was written down the laws from God to his people and Moses had authority over the children of Israel And he handed that authority down to Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land and to live how God instructed them to live. So we see several times throughout the Bible where authority is handed down. And we know that the Bible says all authority comes from God. In 2 Kings, we hear the story of Elisha and Elijah. Elijah came first, and he had an amazing ability to perform miracles and to prophesy and all of the authority that God had given him to perform these. Now, we read about him performing a lot of miraculous signs, and then he is taken up into heaven. So let's read about that here in 2 Kings chapter 2. Starting in verse 9, When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. If you see me when I am taken away from you, then you will get your request, but if not, you won't. As they were walking and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men separating them, and Elijah was carried 
by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up, and Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided, and Elisha went across. So immediately he was given the authority on earth to do miraculous things. So this authority was handed down from Elijah to Elisha. And we see how the same spirit in the New Testament was on John the Baptist. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 1. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, as that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to be here, and if you want, I'll make the three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then the Lord came over and touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. As they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Then his disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready, but I tell you, Elijah has already come, and he wasn't recognized, and they chose to abuse him. In the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So here Jesus confirms that the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist. And also Jesus meets with both people that we just read about that transferred authority throughout the Bible. So Jesus is into transferring authority. But let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 1. This is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is the voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This messenger was John the Baptist, and he was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented from their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. All of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. His clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food he ate locusts and wild honey. 
John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps on his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So of course, John the Baptist was always pointing towards Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest man who had ever lived. So Jesus was even greater than the greatest man who ever lived. So authority is something that is handed down and authority comes from God. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3 starting in verse 22. Now Jesus has gone to heaven and he is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. So here we are. Jesus is seated in the heavenly places and he has authority over all of heaven and all of earth. So let's go to Matthew chapter 8 and let's read about how Jesus executed that authority here on earth. Starting in verse 1, Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Then Jesus returned to Capernaum. A Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed in terrible pain. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. So right away, this officer starts talking about authority. He says, you don't have to come to my house because I understand authority. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. If I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. So many Israelites for whom the kingdom was prepared will not enter it because they don't understand the authority of Jesus Christ. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left and she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus 
and he cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sickness and removed our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowds around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Look, first let me return home and bury my father. And Jesus told him, Follow me, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. When Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples, suddenly a furious storm struck the lake and the waves were breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping, and the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Even the winds and the waves had to obey the authority of Jesus Christ. Jesus has authority over everything on earth. He has authority over sickness because he healed the sick. He has authority over evil spirits because he cast them out. So that same authority resides in Jesus Christ. Here he even has the authority over the weather. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerardians, two men that were possessed by demons met him. They lived in the cemetery and were violent, so violent that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, Why are you torturing us, son of God? Have you, you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? So not only did Jesus have authority over the spirits, but he actually tormented them. It's amazing how many Christians are talking about, Oh, the devil's beating me up. But according to the authority of Jesus, we should be the ones tormenting the devil. We should be tormenting evil spirits. Because that's how the authority of Jesus worked when he was here on earth. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the distance. So the demons begged, if you cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. All right, go. Jesus commanded them. So the demons came out of the men and entered into the pigs, and the whole herd pledged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town, telling everyone what happened to the demon-possessed men, and their entire town came out to meet Jesus, and they begged him to go away and leave them alone. Chapter 9 Jesus climbed into the boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, That's blasphemy. Does he think he is God? Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So to prove to you, that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. The man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd 
as they saw what had happened, they praised God for sending such a man with such great authority. So Jesus had the authority over sin and healing. And he wanted to make that very clear. Jesus has the authority to wipe away sin, but he also has the authority to heal your body. Continuing in chapter 9 with verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus told him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. Besides, who can patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old wineskins would burst from the pressure spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored up in new wineskins, so that both are preserved. As Jesus was saying this, a leader of the synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then a woman who had suffered for 12 years with a constant bleeding, came up from behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the officer's home, he saw a noisy crowd and heard funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only sleeping. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. This report of the miracle swept through the entire countryside. So Jesus had the authority over death. That's how Jesus can raise from the dead and raise other people from the dead, because this shows his authority over death. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men following along behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying and Jesus asked them, Do you believe that I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, don't tell anyone about this, but instead they went out and spread his fame all over the region. 
When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and the man began to speak, and the crowd was amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisee says he cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. So here we see that Jesus has authority to heal blind eyes and to open deaf ears by casting out demons that he has authority over. But of course the Pharisees are saying here he is the prince of demons. So in verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Every kind. So Jesus has authority over any kind of disease or illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. So here Jesus is saying that he had the authority to do all of these miraculous things, but there was so much needs that he needed more people to have that authority to continue out his work. It's funny here too that it says that Jesus had the authority over all kinds of disease and illnesses. There are no illnesses or sicknesses that Jesus does not have the authority over. So even though our world is getting crazy right now with disease and sickness and everybody's scared of this sickness and scared of this disease, Christians should remember that all authority belongs to Jesus Christ. There is no sickness that has more power than the name of Jesus. At that name, everything must fall under the authority of Jesus Christ. So if we invoke the name of Jesus, it heals every type of sickness. There shouldn't be a sickness that a Christian is scared of. God still has the authority over that, and he's given it to his believers. Let's continue in chapter 10 here. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and sickness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. First Simon, then Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. So here we are still today the disciples of Jesus. And he still sends us out with the same authority and with these same instructions as we go out through our life. And Jesus told them, Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give freely as you have received. So here we are. Today, those those same instructions hasn't changed. We're sent out to, to the lost people of Israel. 
were not sent out to the people who are Gentiles and Samaritans in their mind that they haven't been called by God. We're sent out to the people that God has chosen ahead of time and we're given the ability to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the leprosy, and cast out demons. This is how a believer is supposed to act. And this is how God sent out his disciples in Matthew 10. Don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, no silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. Everywhere you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it returns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it doesn't, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth. The wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. Look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless as doves. But be aware, for you will be handed over into courts and will be flogged and whipped in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about what to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. So that is amazing instructions for us as believers still today. To go out, don't worry about your money, don't worry about the things that you got, accept hospitality and go to people's homes speaking the word of God. Bless the people you come in contact with. If they're not good, then you can take your blessing back. But you know what? If they are, then let your blessing stand in that house and teach them about the authority of Jesus Christ. Freely give as you have received. Give the authority to other believers by the laying on of hands. And don't worry about what to say, but let the Holy Spirit speak through you. That is great advice for any believer today. We should be walking and practicing the authority of Jesus Christ in our life. So let's turn to Mark real quick. I'm going to be reading verses 15 through 18. And this is the last instructions in the book of Mark that Jesus gives right as he's about to ascend back into heaven. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. And these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. 
They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink any poison, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. This is the authority that is given to the believers. It says anyone who believes and is baptized, these miraculous signs will accompany those. It will accompany anyone who believes. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. And they will be able to handle snakes safely and drink poisons and it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed because they understand the authority of Jesus Christ. Just like the Roman officer who understood the authority of Jesus. He knew Jesus didn't have to go to his house. Jesus could say the word and it would be done. The same believers who understand that authority receive these miraculous signs. They're able to cast out demons, speak in tongues, and they will be able to handle snakes and drink poisons and the things that would normally kill people today will not be able to affect somebody who believes and practices the authority of Jesus Christ. So let's learn a little bit about how we get that authority. Let's go to John chapter 3. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, and just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and what we have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. For the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near 
for the fear of their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they're doing is what God wants. So we have to be born of the water and the spirit. And with that spirit comes the authority and the power of the authority of Jesus' name. Now let's flip forward a couple chapters to chapter 14 and we'll read more about the significance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Starting in verse 1, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If there were not so, I would not have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way where I am going no we don't know Lord Thomas said old doubting Thomas (laughs) we have no idea where you are going so how can we know the way and Jesus told him I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me if you have really known me you would know who the father is from now on you do know him because you have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. (laughs) Right after he said that, Philip's still like, show us. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I have spoken to you are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. So right there, we will have the same authority that Christ had to do the works he's done and even greater works. He says, because I am going to be with the Father, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will later be in you. So here Jesus is clearly showing that him and the Holy Ghost are the same. They are one. Just like God and Jesus are one. You can go back and listen to the Bible study on one God. (laughs) But here he's saying not only do you know him but because he's lived with you, but he will be in you. That same authority will reside in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with the name, said to him, 
Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I am going away, but I will come back to you again. And if you really love me, you would be happy that I am going to be with the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so you would believe. So here we go. Jesus is saying, I am going to come live inside you as the Holy Spirit, which will give the believers the authority to do all the things that Christ did. So that is how Christ is going to transfer the authority to the believers, to the church, to the body of Christ. In Matthew 16, Jesus tells Peter, And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So he's given us the ability to use that authority because God knows that all the principalities on earth are subject to the authority of Christ. And he's giving us that same authority through the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God... He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. So there is definitely God wrapping himself in flesh. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him a name that is above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father so there we go Jesus was, is God was God because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and he became flesh so he gave up his divine privileges to wrap himself in flesh just so he could elevate his own name to a place of power above everything in heaven, earth, and below earth. And just as it was just talking about how God and the Father are one, him and the Holy Spirit are one, which come to live inside of us, giving us the same authority and power over every principality on earth, in heaven, and below earth. So let's see how the church starts to act that out in the book of Acts, starting in chapter 1, starting right at the first verse. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving his chosen disciples further instruction through the Holy Spirit. 
During the 40 days after his circumcision, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John the Baptist baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, but they are not for you to know. But you will receive power. So he says, Jesus has the authority to set the time and date, but there is some authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and until the ends of the earth. So let's skip right here to chapter 2 and read about the Holy Spirit dropping. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, and the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So they all began to speak in tongues, which showed them that they had received the power and the authority. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, a bunch of different nationalities, and they could hear everyone speaking in their own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowds ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk. That's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the other eleven apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. As you well know, 
So he's talking about the authority of Jesus here. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grips. King David said this about him, I see the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David was not referring to himself, for he is dead and buried and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that the one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking forward to the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead and allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. And he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at a place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know that for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for this promise is unto you and unto your children, and even to the Gentiles and all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of the listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter had said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. So here's Peter showing them how to receive this power of the Holy Spirit, which comes with the authority of Jesus Christ's name. And then if you flip right to the next chapter, in chapter 3, the first thing they start doing is healing the sick and doing the things that Jesus did here on earth. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. And the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver and gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. So what did he have there? He had the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. 
Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened, and he jumped up on his feet and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went through the temple with them. And all the people that saw him walking and heard him praising God. Then they realized that he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the gate beautiful. And then they they were absolutely astounded. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and dressed the crowd, people of Israel. What is so surprising about all this? And why are you staring at us as though we made this man walk by our own power and godliness? So here he is. He's talking about how they made this man walk. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected the holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are the witnesses of that fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know he was crippled before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So their faith in Jesus. And again, if we go back to the story I read earlier about the Roman officer, he understanding the authority of Jesus Christ, Jesus called that the greatest faith in all of Israel. So Jesus recognized that faith is understanding how authority works. So here they're saying it was faith that healed this man's eyes because he understood the authority that we have in the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's turn to chapter 19, starting in verse 1. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Emphasis on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John, which is the same baptism that Jesus Christ received. But Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. So as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied, and there were about twelve men in all. So here is where Paul comes in contact with believers who believe and were baptized the same way Jesus was baptized, but he tells them there's something missing if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be working in the authority of Jesus Christ. And that only comes when we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So he laid his hands on them, baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues as the evidence of that. And that's where 
we begin as believers to work under the authority and the power of Jesus Christ to do all the miraculous things that Jesus did while he was on earth to heal the sick, to open blind eyes, raise the dead, and to preach the gospel throughout all the earth. Now let's go to James chapter 5, verses 13. This is where we're instructed as believers how to work with this authority. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call on the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. So again here, it's a prayer offered in faith, which is understanding that we as believers work under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And not only will your faith heal the sick, but it will make you well and forgive your sins. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, no one fell for three and a half years. Wow. So even though Elijah was a normal man, he had the authority to control the weather for three and a half years. And when he prayed again, the sky went down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. So once he prayed again, the sky opened back up. And that same authority that was passed down between Elijah and Elisha all the way down to Jesus is still passed on to the believers today. Dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness for many sins. So that's the same authority that Jesus had to forgive sins. We have as believers by encouraging people to stay true to the faith and to stop sinning. Now let's turn to one last place in Revelations chapter 2. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who have not followed the false teaching. Deeper truth, as they call them, depths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Wow, that is powerful. So if we listen to what the Spirit says and we obey what God tells us, we will work in the authority of Jesus Christ. So let's go into prayer today and thank God for giving us the authority of his great name. 
So bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, now is a great opportunity for that. To confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord is the first step in coming under the authority of Jesus Christ. And then the second step is to be baptized in the name that we get all that authority from. And then the Bible promises that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues to continue to work in the authority of Jesus. So let's pray together today. Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you, God, humbled as a sinner, accepting you as our Savior and our Lord over our life, God. We confess that you are the King of our life and that we want to put our life in your will, God, under your authority to work as you would have us work in this life. We thank you, God, for sending your son and allowing him to be our payment for the sins that we've committed, Lord, and that he's given us the grace to continue the work that he set forth on this earth, God, that we will continue, God, with the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, to work under this authority, Lord, to heal the sick and to cleanse the sins of this world, Lord, by showing them the light of a true God. We worship you and praise you, God, and we thank you that you have the authority over everything on earth and in heaven and below earth, and that you give us the authority through your Son, Jesus Christ. We worship you today, and we thank you for this time in your word, God. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all for joining me again, and until next time, may God bless you.